What's Tech is supported by City Cards with Android Pay. Listening on your phone? Now you can pay while you listen. Using the same device. Just tap and go. Download the Android Pay app on Google Play or visit city.com slash Android Pay to get started. Android Pay is available for eligible city, consumer credit, and debit cards. So a couple weeks ago, I was trying to write a tutorial for my coworkers on how to post the episodes because I am the only Reply All employee who knows how to post one of our episodes. So I was writing the thing and I was I made a dummy episode called Friendship Village. And I gave it a number. I took the name from a song by a band called Godhead Silo. Not even a particularly good song. It was just the first thing that popped into my mind. And I made the subject of the episode, some friends go to a village and they stay friends forever or something like that. Well, that sounds nice. It does sound nice, right? But someone also said to me that it it sounds like a story about a cult. (laughs) So I made the episode. I tossed one of our old episodes in as the audio just so I had everything set up. And I was taking screenshots and stuff. And then I forgot about it and I went to sleep. And didn't realize that I had set it to publish. And it went down our feed. And then, you know, thousands of people downloaded it, and they were like, this is an old episode, where's the actual Friendship Village? And I had to go into damage control mode. Unpublishing it immediately, explaining to other people why they weren't able to hear it, explaining to people who did hear it why it was an old episode. One of our listeners actually wrote uh, some fan fiction. Oh, no. That was like the entire (laughs) Friendship Village episode. And it was about like a secret, mysterious website. Like, it was real ambitious. This sounds like the beginning of, like, a creepypasta. Like, like you're like, no, 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 no. The episode isn't real. And anyone who's heard it hasn't gone off to Friendship Village. That's definitely not the case. But Friendship Village, if you, the more you say it, it sounds more ominous, right? Oh, absolutely. The second you said cult, I was like, nope. I, it, this will never be a happy village for me ever again. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to What's Tech, a podcast from TheVerge.com. I'm your humble host, Christopher Thomas Plant, and today I am joined by co-host of the Reply All podcast uh, on Gimlet Media. Is that is that how you would describe it? We'll get into this. Yeah, sure. Yeah, the technicalities of how publishing platforms work. We're talking about podcasts today, and Alex has, honestly, my favorite podcast, which I'm only telling him now and not making this awkward at all. But as we always do, we start off uh, very simply. So kind of to kick things off, Alex, in the simplest possible terms, what is a podcast? Uh, it is a digital audio file that can be syn- that can be syndicated. Is that simple yeah. enough? Like it's I, yes, it's just an audio file that can be syndicated uh, to a bunch of different platforms. I mean, okay, so I'm I'm trying to think of like an origin story for the podcast because right, I mean, I remember when I was young and I was uh, illegally downloading things off of Napster. I wouldn't see that i guess it's not syndicated that would be the difference but what when does the idea of distributing audio files become a podcast uh not that long ago um 
I, there is a long and storied history of trying to distribute audio digitally. But uh, basically, so the RSS feed was invented in like what the mid '90s, and that was just a way of syndicating like blog content, like written words. And then in like the early 2000s, Adam Curry, the former MTV VJ, and Dave Weiner, who is an internet dude, they were like, well, what if we could use RSS to distribute other information? They implemented this idea of distributing audio that way. And once they did that, it suddenly became possible to subscribe to, it was like subscribing to a blog, but you could subscribe to this, what was essentially like an audio blog. So that was like, you know, 15 years ago. It wasn't that long ago. And I mean, how long did it take before Apple came into this? Because when I think of podcast, I mean, the word itself, I tie it to Apple and I think of them having this tremendous impact on on the entire, I guess, platform or idea. I don't know, honestly. I know that iTunes started hosted started hosting podcast RSS feeds early mid two thousands. I I worked for On the Media, which was a public radio show that was distributed by NPR for a while. And their big claim to fame was that they were the first public radio show that was that was syndicated as a podcast. And I went back through their archives and realized that before a certain point, the show started in, I think, late 1999 or 2000, before a certain point, all their episodes were real audio format. Like, it was before the MP3. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. So (laughs) I think it was like 2004, 2005 that that happened. It's so... It's so strange how totally Apple can, I guess, take ownership of a certain thing. I I mean, I don't know. Do you remember when the Apple Watch came out and they were like, steal? This is Apple Steel. And they had like an entire Johnny Ives commercial for it as if it was like, well, I mean, I liked Steel before, but now that I know it's an Apple product, <laughs> I can really get behind it. Right. Um, <laughs> it's bizarre. Okay. So, I mean, you mentioned real audio files. How has the idea, I guess, conceptually of the podcast changed in, in those past 15 years to a decade? Uh, <laughs> that's a great, I mean, it's... I, it's a, that's a great question. I feel like for the public radio set, it was just another way to get their audio out there, and it was sort of an afterthought for a long time. And then for everyone else, it was sort of this like amateur audio blog kind of format. And then, you know, five years ago maybe, right about the time that Radiolab sort of achieved its ascendance, people were like, oh, this is actually like a viable medium where you can get where you can attract more listeners than you could on, you know, regular radio. So shows that didn't have a huge radio following could suddenly develop a massive podcast following. And at the same time, there were independent podcasters that were applying sort of broadcast quality production to things like Welcome to Night Vale. And like Welcome to Night Vale started totally independent. They had nothing to do with public radio. And that show is massive at this point. Do you, do you think it was Night Vale or Serial? Or is, is there a show that you feel is kind of the mainstream moment? Or was it this collection of shows happening all around the same time that made more people aware of podcasting? Serial is definitely the inflection point. I mean, serial is the moment when everything sort of changed. And uh, we were very fortunate to have put up our first couple of episodes during the original run of serial. So when that show ended, people were like, here are some other podcasts. If you're still hungry for podcasts, now that serial's over. And we ended up on a couple of those lists. And I would say that were it not for that, 
Who knows what our listenership would be? That was a massive, massive help. I mean, do you do you think it? This has been kind of the breakout point, or or is this kind of the beginning of it? I, I in terms of listenership expectation wise, do you see it growing multitudes, or or is this kind of uh, I want to say plateau, but I, I don't even know a good way to describe it other than like kind of a status quo. I honestly don't know. I would like to think that it, it, there's plenty of room to continue to grow. And I have read surveys that say, you know, an insane number of people have listened to a podcast in the past month and an equally insane number have listened in the past year. Um, I don't want to give the statistics because I don't remember them. But uh, <laughs> but it, it's it's like it was something crazy like a, qu- a half of the Americans have listened in the past year and a quarter or 33 percent have listened in the past month. That's millions upon millions of people to draw from. So if that's the case, I feel like there's plenty of room for podcasts to grow. Sure. Um, okay, let's talk about Gimlet. What, what is it and how is it different than, say, someone uploading their podcast from their bedroom? So in 2014, Alex Bloomberg, formerly a producer at This American Life and co-founder of Planet Money, left both shows to found a company that would create podcasts, solely podcasts, not for broadcast. And we were, me and PJ, my co-host, were the first acquisitions, basically. We were the first people who came on the scene and became a Gimlet show. But the idea was to create like professionally produced audio that was not like an afterthought or specifically meant for broadcast radio. So we have, a, I think we have like 60 employees and four studios and I'm sitting in one of them right now, five studios. We have five studios. I'm sitting in one of them right now. The idea is to have an operation that feels like the radio world that we came from because a lot of the people who started here started in public radio, but to have it focused specifically on the world of podcasts. Um, I I remember in the first season of uh, Alex's show, Startup, there was entire conversations about the future of podcast where we would have special apps and they would have various technology uh, that is not currently there with a podcast, which is, like you said, essentially just an audio file. Do, do you think in the next five to 10 years what a podcast is will change or will it continue to kind of follow the radio-ish format that it's followed for most of its life? If I can be honest with you, I kind of hope not. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of hope it doesn't change. I'm not... The idea of like figuring out ways to monetize, like that doesn't interest me. It's I don't care about that. Like I'd like to be able to make a living. What I'm most interested in is like being able to tell good audio stories. And I think that that is the thing I'd like to see grow and change. And I think it has. There have been a couple shows recently where I've been like, wow, I never would have thought to do that. And this sounds incredible. So Jermaine Clement from uh, Flight of the Concords did a show for Earwolf, The Mysterious Secrets of Uncle Birdie's Botanarium. Oh, okay. And I've never heard anything that sounds like it. It just sounds so weird. The audio effects are really bizarre. And it's it's a fiction story. It's sort of like a comedic narrative fiction. And I, it was just really, really interesting. I think that The Memory Palace, which is like a 
podcast that tells stories from history and usually tells them with no interviews. It's just writing from one guy and the episodes are usually between five and ten minutes long. I think they're amazing. Scott Carrier, who does the podcast Home of the Brave, which feels sort of like they're like these weird stream of consciousness journalism. I don't know how else to describe it. They're dream- They're kind of dreamy. I mean, all of those shows are just amazing. Uh, and they draw on stuff that's come before them, but I just love the way they sound. And I would like to see people continue to push those boundaries. For you personally, why do you prefer podcasting for storytelling? As opposed to what? As opposed to, uh, I mean, you could have gone out and pursued a career in making film or, uh, I don't know, conceptual art. Uh, you know how they say a picture's worth a thousand words? Sure. Well, a word is worth a million pictures. If I were to say, imagine a tree, okay. every person I spoke to would come up with a different thing. It's like, it allows you to like create mind movies. And those are like always <laughs> sort of more rewarding than, than movie movies. Yeah. You know, you know the reason that everybody's disappointed when they read a book and then they see the movie adaptation? Because they visualized, they created a world in their heads. And so I like that. I like that a lot more than than any other sort of medium of storytelling. Sure. To wrap up, plug Reply All. Tell us about why it is wonderful and why everyone should be listening to it. <laughs> oh man. Listen, I already I already said it was great. You don't have to worry about any of the bragging stuff. It it is excellent. Thank uh, you very much. But Chris, content wise, it. you can feel free to go ahead. So, our show's ostensibly about the internet. Um, but the the only, the thing that powers the internet is basically people doing stuff. The only thing that makes a story about the, the the internet interesting to us is a story that sort of has people in it. So we try and go with we find stories that we find interesting that are about people learning and changing and big things happening or little things happening. And the internet is sort of like Sometimes it's a backdrop, sometimes it's central, sometimes it is the mechanism by which something happens. But like we did a story about like a mysterious masked woman who does who like manufactures viral hoaxes to put on the internet and we've done stories about a grandmother in Guatemala who started a Facebook group that resulted in the president being deposed. I mean, the internet is now like the mechanism for communication and Tons of amazing things, amazing and horrible, really, happen on it. And we're just here to sort of find all the interesting stuff, or try anyway. Do, do you have an episode that you recommend for people to start out on? I would say that an episode to start out on, if you're like into something that is sort of light and lighthearted, would be Zardulu, which is about the masked, masked woman who is uh, creating viral hoaxes on the internet. She uh, trains rats. and then makes videos featuring those rats. Something that has maybe a little more gravity to it. Uh, PJ did a story called Ship to Timbuktu, which is about, it's about a friend of his who accidentally stumbled upon through the internet, the story of the Girl Guides, which are a, which are basically like the Girl Scouts in Canada and England. And uh, about how they managed to be sort of like morale boosters in a concentration camp in China in World War II. It's a really beautiful story. It's so out there. It's really good. Also, there's one where PJ does acid. Sure. It's called Shine On You, <laughs> it's called Shine on you Crazy Goldman. Um, that's, 
worth listening to. <laughs> There's a little something for everybody. Yes. Uh, fantastic. Well, thank you uh, for doing the show today. Thanks so much, Chris. It was a lot of fun. I'd also like to thank our producer, Andrew Marino. I'd like to thank you for listening. We are here every Tuesday. You can find us on TheVerge.com or you can find us on your podcasting platform of choice. I always recommend that you go to iTunes and leave a review. It goes a long way for us. Uh, I'm also going to recommend that you check out new shows. Actually, how about you just go check out Reply All and you go check out Startup. Its first season kind of explains how Gimlet came to be. Does it kind of do it? It does it. And uh, its second season goes in a different direction. Uh, and I think you will enjoy that. Until next time, we will talk to you all later. Goodbye. Ba-ba-da-ba-da-ba-ba.